Dan Bongino. I have an obligation to come on the air with data and material and research. I can't just say, trade stinks. Thanks for tuning in. The Dan Bongino Show. Well, let's jump right in because we have no time for nonsense. Get ready to hear the truth about America. When I was a young man, I don't remember it being sexy to want to allow a nanny state to control my life. On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, I'm hanging in there, Mr. Fox and Friends. Oh, yeah, yesterday up there (laughs) in New York with my family for cooking with friends on the Fox and Friends set. And hey, a quick note for all the Facebookers, tweeters, emailers and thanks to everyone who reached out my wife cooked some empanadas on the set yesterday They're really healthy by the way or a healthy variant i don't know if there's some kind of like fda rule or something but a healthy variant of the empanada and i got joe i kid you not at mm. least i received probably 30 to 40 emails and probably another 40 50 tweets and facebook messages about the recipe <laughs> for the empanadas people are like i want the recipe so that was really cool my wife was uh a lot of you finally saw her for the first time yesterday if you don't follow me on instagram yeah. um uh, the recipe will be up at bongino.com today my wife will put it up and believe me when i tell you they are terrific i don't just say that because it's my wife's cooking they are if you've never had an empanada yeah, it's pretty simple. You know what they are. It's yeah. like uh, you know, you, you it's in a in a crust. You put or a wrap. You put a you know some some meat and it, and potatoes and stuff. It's, mm. My wife uses the egg roll wraps because they're just easy to go find and to make. But the recipe will be up there today, and I promise they're worth your time. So uh, I will be up at Bongino.com today. Give them a shot. Let me know what you think. Okay, I have an enormous amount of material today. I'll be in on Mark Levin show tonight, where I will continue the material. So make sure you listen into Levin show. All right. Um, the tax cuts. This is obviously a huge issue right now. Trump released uh, in conjunction with the GOP Congress. They released their tax plan yesterday. I'll be honest with you, folks. I'm not, folks, I'm not crazy about it. Um, I, I'm, I'm not. It's okay. It's not great. It's just okay. There's a couple parts of the tax cut plan I wish were more robust and vibrant and more, uh, more and as my daughter would say, or or more gooder on the income tax <laughs> side. But it's not the worst thing in the world. So just starting out where we are now, let me tell you the effects on you so we can sum up just quickly where we are so then we can debunk the liberals who are losing their minds already with Joe. They just roll out the same talking points over and over and over again. Fair share, tax cuts for the rich, Clinton surplus. It never ends. Democrats never have anything of substance to say about taxes. They just roll out this same crap over and over and over again. So... Your effects on you, who are basically the winners or the thumbs up people and who are the thumbs down people who are going to maybe lose, maybe lose a little bit on this, lose a little bit. Now, let me just say, before I get into the effects on you, so you understand I'm not speaking with forked tongue. I'd like to see this pass if this is the best we can do. I think we can make it better, but this is not going to benefit me, I don't think. Matter of fact, I'm probably going to be a little worse off for this tax plan. Yeah, so again, my guess. Yeah. I wrote in my second book, The Fight, you know, we all got to get big. For those of you going to email me like, oh, it's easy for you to say, you know, you make a lot of money or whatever. Folks, this is not going to benefit me at all. Okay, I live in a low tax state right now and I itemize, itemize a lot more than probably twenty four thousand dollars. So I'm going to lose a little bit of money on this now. Who's going to win the thumbs up people? The non-itemizers, non-itemizers will win. That's about 70% of people who file taxes do not itemize. What do I mean by itemize? 
They don't claim the mortgage interest uh, uh, tax deduction. They don't claim. They they, they basically take the standard deduction, which now is for married couples, $12,000, right? Right, right. They just get a standard deduction. They don't deduct anything else. They just leave it. They take the standard deduction. Non-itemizers, that's, again, about 70% of people out there. That's not me. I itemize, okay? That's not Dan Bongino. Non-itemizers, people who rent and don't, you know, don't own a home, you're going to benefit huge on this because the deduction you can now take is going to double from twelve thousand to twenty-four thousand if you're married, twelve thousand if you're single. Okay, so if you're a married couple out there and you're not itemizing, you just doubled the amount of money you can deduct from your taxes. That's going to be a big, nice little windfall for you. So yeah. you'll win huge, non-itemizers. Second. Uh, if you have assets to pass on over uh, around $5 million, $11 million or so for married couples, if you have assets to pass on, the estate tax is going away. What I call the death tax because it is a death tax. And, you know, a lot of people, I didn't invent the term, but it is an accurate term. It is a tax on death. That's what it does. Okay. If you have assets to uh, to pass on, those assets will now, you, you will now, they are taxed already, by the way. Remember, you taxed when you earned right. the money. You were yeah. taxed on it. But you will be allowed to pass those on. So if you have assets, you're a little bit of a winner on this one, okay? Uh, if you're a business, if you're a business, you will win on this too, okay? Because the current corporate tax rate is 35%. If you are incorporated as a corporation, it's, and I covered this a little bit on yesterday's show, I don't want to be redundant, but we got to know where we are so we know where we're going, okay? They're going to cut the business tax from 35 to 20%. And if your business is, is not incorporated and you handle, you have like whatever, Joe's radio business and it's just paid to Joe Armacost and mm-hmm. not Joe Armacost LLC. Yep, that's called a pass-through. You'll pay a 25%, which I covered on yesterday's show, okay? Right. The losers. If you are in a high-tax state, New York, New Jersey, which is usually a liberal state, nine out of 10 times, right? Mm-hmm. Illinois, if you are in a high tax state, you are probably going to be a little bit of a loser on this one. Now, why is that? Because they are, at least in the tax plan now as it stands, although I think this is going to get watered down, the deductibility of state and local taxes goes away. So you were able to deduct that if you paid $10,000 a year in Maryland state taxes. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't have a state tax here in Florida, so I don't need that deduction. But if you were in Maryland and you're claiming that, as an itemized deduction, you are, that's now going to go away. You can't claim a deduction from what you've paid in state and local taxes, okay? So just to be clear on where we're going with that, if you are in a high-tax state, you may, in fact, pay a little more. Also, the, the, the wealthy. The wealthy are not going to do very well on this. Um, now, again, that defeats a Democrat talking point that this is a tax cut for the rich, but don't let that get in the way, you know, liberals of your stupid talking points. Again, um, the 35% top tax rate, which I would like to see go back to the Reagan rates of 28%, doesn't change. So basically we're screwed. I mean, if you're at that tax rate, it's really close to 39.6 when you factor in everything. That's not changing at all. So people, I am going to be next year, I'm, I'm guessing, depending on in that, in that tax bracket. It's not really helping me at all. So now, one quick note on this before we get into the debunking. Let the debunking begin. This is going to be, by the way, I promise you, one of the most informative shows I've ever done on taxes. Yeah. You will, you can refer back to this show in years. I'm going to go through mounds and mounds of data that is going to totally annihilate everything your liberal friends have ever told you. So don't tune out for a second. I did a, I, I'm patting myself on the back, but I did a, <laughs> this show took me a good solid four hours to put together. All right. No, I'm not kidding. I've been up. That's why I yeah. sent you those clips, Joe, so early this morning, because yeah. I've been up since 530 doing this. Okay. Well, how you like this? Gentlemen, start your start. bunkers. 
You're debunking. <laughs> All, All right. right. Before we get into it, though, Trump's he put out a statement again. And, and just to, to dig back to my NFL thing. Remember what I told you about Trump with the NFL, yep. that his expertise is getting liberals to show their asses <laughs> and they keep falling into the trap. It's amazing. Yeah. In other words, he calls them, you know, sons of bitches with the NFL. They should stand up for the anthem. And he gets the liberals to respond by doubling down on anti-Americanism, getting them to show their asses. That was one of my favorite shows. But he did it again on taxes. He talked about these tax cuts and we just had a really great quarter. We had 3% GDP growth, 3.1 wow. in the second quarter of 2017, which is huge. If we can get that over the year. It, remember, Barack Obama never hit 3% GDP growth in any fiscal year, any time he was president. We'll be well on the way to solid growth. So he was asked about the tax cuts. He's like, hey, if we get these tax cuts, we could hit 6% growth. Now, what did this is it. What did I tell you about the Trump strategy? When he's on, he's not always on. Sometimes he just misspeaks. Excuse me, just to be clear on this. Sometimes he just misspeaks. This is not one of those moments, though. He did it again. Just like with the NFL, Joe, he makes a hyperbolic statement and he gets liberals to show their asses. So what does he do? He comes out and goes, if we get these tax cuts, we could hit 6% growth. He's kind of in a way doing the eight-minute abs. Eight-minute abs, right? He throws it out. Now, is 6% growth possible? Yeah, but candidly, folks, the levels of debt we're at, it's going to be tough. I'm not an anti-growth guy. It's possible. Reagan hit it. But it's going to be super tough, okay? So he throws a really hyperbolic statement out there. We're going to get 6%. And instead of liberals, this is how dumb they are. It is so, they are such suckers for Trump. It's incredible. What do they do, Joe? They come out that 6% growth. What are you, the U.S. economy sucks. We're not going to grow at 6 I mean, all right, I'm, being, I'm doing a little hyper. But Paul Krugman and the other one's like, they didn't say the U.S. economy sucks, but you get my point. Like, he gets yeah. them to show their ass. They are now on this side, and I've got sound cuts that Joe was gracious enough to put together from an interview yesterday of a Democratic lawmaker who's supposed to be a, a moderate, by the way. He challenged Nancy Pelosi. This guy, Tim Ryan, doing exactly that. What did he do? They counter with, we're not going to grow at 6%. U.S. economy's not that short. What are you guys, crazy? It's, a, that they, it's just so amazing to me that me, as a partisan observer... But I believe Joe a reasonably objective one regarding Trump. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, we try. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just amazing to me that you liberals are so dumb and you constantly fall for this. Gee, here's what you want. Let me give you a piece of advice, okay? I, I know, I know, I'm going to get emails. I'm giving Democrats. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, just for a second, just just please forgive me for a moment. Let me do this. When Trump says the economy with tax cuts can grow at six percent, we're a powerhouse. This, you know, we got great workers here. Just say, you know what? I don't agree with the tax plan, the way it's structured, but I do agree that the economy, the U.S. economy is a powerhouse and we should do more to power and move on. Stop being stupid liberals. Six percent. Trump, you crazy? American workers, an idiot. Hey, there ain't no chance of six percent growth. Dopes. Government, man. Racism. Xenophobia. You look like fools. All right. I wasted way too much time on that. Okay. Now, Joe, uh, do me a favor. Cue up cut one. This is Nancy Pelosi. Now, just to be clear, when the sound cut opens up, this was not Joe flubbing the sound cut. I took this off Fox, uh, Fox News' website. It will be in the show notes, the entire interview at Bongino.com. Please subscribe to my email list. I will send it right to you. I've got, folks, please subscribe today. I, I get nothing out of this. I don't sell my email list. It's just you. I have some gonzo articles on there today you're not gonna wanna miss. 
There's five or six ringers on there today that I dug up on the internet. You're not going to find on Drudge today. Please subscribe to my email list. I will say, or go to Bongino.com. You can see him there too if you don't want any emails. I totally understand. But I have the entire Fox News interview I'm about to play on there. These are just two cuts because it's 12 minutes long. We don't have enough time to do it. But this the sound you hear in the beginning is the Fox News sound. You know, when they open yeah. up an interview. But play this quick 10-second-plus cut of Nancy Pelosi responding to the Trump tax cuts. And remember, this is liberals showing their asses again. Dopes. Play that cut. We on the Democratic side are pay-as-you-go. You want a tax cut? Pay for it. We want to fight their rigging the system even further for the wealthy and well-connected and against hardworking middle-income families. We're not there to be accomplices to increasing the deficit with a bill that does not create jobs. <laughs> Already. <laughs> this is this is like epic humor. Nancy Pelosi is now all about quote paying as you go, and she's not going to be an accomplice to the debt deficit. Nancy, is this serious? Was this a bad joke? Uh-huh. Nance, I'm not kidding. Like, are you messing with us? Her dad was the mayor of Baltimore. I was yeah. Delisandro or something like that. Yeah. Is this, is this a joke? The Democrats are now worried about the debt. Now, huh? Joe, on this show, we're, we, we're fair here, okay? Yeah. And I want to just lay out the game plan. I am going to get into now where the Democrats really are on debt, and I'm going to have some hard medicine for you, too. We're going to get some tussin'. Remember Chris Rock with the Robitussin? You get a cut, you throw the tussin in there. He was right. When you were kids, Robitussin solved everything, right? Chris Rock yeah. did it cool. We're going to get some tussin here, Okay. Republicans, the swamp rats, have not been any good on this either, the debt or deficit. But let's open up with a couple of, of, of honest kind of premises where we're going to go with this on the actual debt. Disregard Nancy Pelosi's a joke. What she just said is a total embarrassment. Barack Obama ran up a chaotic amount of debt during his time. She loved every minute of it. She has zero credibility. But let's try to find some common ground with moderate, reasonable Democrats on this. Point one. Pelosi claims she's worried about the debt and deficit. So to the moderate Dems, I agree. I'm worried about it too. So point number one, yes, debt and deficits are bad. We have to make this simple, Joe. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, but there are liberals listening who you're so obsessed with your religion and I, I mean your politics. I mean, for religion to me means one thing. Religion to you is your politics that you can't see past you know, your, your own ideology into facts and data. Mm-hmm. Let's just set that out there. Debt is bad. We agree, Nancy. Yeah. Okay? Debt bad. Debt bad. And debt is the accumulated debt deficit or the annual shortfalls. Okay. Point number two. Yes, the Republican Party swamp rats, not the conservatives, but the Republican Party swamp rats have contributed greatly to the national debt too. Now... If that's the premise and we're being intellectually honest, because where does this come from? One, Pelosi's hypocrisy. But secondly, I'll be in for Levin tonight. Again, I tune in. But whenever I'm on Levin, I, t- I don't take callers on my show, but I do on Levin's show. I'll inevitably get a liberal caller every time, and I'm sure we'll get one tonight. Yeah. Who will call? If you want to call in tonight, 877-381-3811 tonight to Mark's show. It's live. Call in anytime. But um, there are some liberal will always call in Joe go, well, Bush ran up the debt too. Yep, point stipulated, you win. Move on, moving on. So we agree debt is bad and George Bush spent a lot of money. But, and then they have nothing else to say. 
because there's nowhere else to go after that. Like they, they, they can't get out of their heads that it's all about Dem versus Republican. What I'm telling you to be clear by setting up these two premises yet. Debt, yes, debt is bad. Point number two. Yes, the GOP has run up a lot of debt, too. I'm setting that up right away. That immediately knocks out any of this Democrat versus Republican thing. I'm talking about debt and agreeing debt is bad. OK, that's what we're doing. Debt is bad. That's OK. Right. All right. Now, let's go by the numbers here for a moment. Let's give the real numbers. Here is the debt, the national debt run up for each president, uh, Clinton, and I'll throw Reagan in at the end just to give a comparison. OK, Bill Clinton, during his time in office, ran up one point three trillion dollars in debt. Now, I'm being generous here, by the way, to Obama at the end. And let me tell you why. Not because I'm looking to give Obama a pass. But it is fair in some respects to not credit the sitting president with the first year of the last president's budget. Does that make sense, Joe? Yeah, yeah. Like when Obama came into office, Uh there still was a Bush budget that was enacted that he had very little control over. But likewise... Remember, we're giving Bush a pass on Clinton's last year of spending, too. So to be clear, I'm being fair across the board here. Right. Because you're going to say, well, that Obama debt sounds a little low. Uh, It does because I'm not counting portions of his first year because it was a budget signed by Bush. I'm doing it to be fair here, folks. I get it. I know some people aren't going to like that, but it's being fair to everyone. So Clinton, $1.3 trillion in accumulated debt. I thought there was a Clinton surplus. Well, we'll get to that in a second. I'm sorry, but we got to go back there because in that second sounder we have, uh, second th- that interview we had at Fox News, he brings it up again, this guy Tim Ryan, the mythical Clinton surplus, which doesn't exist. Clinton ran up $1.3 trillion. George W. Bush, $5.8 trillion. Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of money. Right. Let's go back to our premises again. Yes, debt bad. Point two for liberals. Yes, GOP has helped increase the debt. I get it. And it's bad, okay? Obama, $8 trillion in debt. So it's clear. Now, just to go back, Reagan was $1.8 trillion. Reagan, The Reagan administration ran up a lot of debt, too. Now, again, to be clear on this, folks, Reagan did not, was not a government spender. Reagan was a real fiscal conservative. Unfortunately, he was dealing with Tip O'Neill and liberals in the Congress and the Senate, and he was, he was really forced at his back against the wall to find really expensive budgets. To fight, that's it. Reagan ran up a lot of debt. Though. But again, we can't we can't just I'm not going to play the game liberals do where I lie to you, you know, to manipulate you. I'm going to give you the truth and you can figure this out on your own. But by any reasonable measure, Joe, eight mm. trillion dollars is greater than five point eight trillion, which is greater than one point three trillion. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. So Obama ran up a lot of debt. So right. if Nancy Pelosi's point is accurate, which it isn't, that she says she objects so strongly to debt. Why didn't she say anything when Obama ran up eight trillion? And that's being generous. That's not factoring in the final Bush budget because she doesn't care. She's a hypocrite. Joe, you and I and every conservative who listens to the show has been consistent on this from day one. Government debt, bad, no good, stop it. I don't care if you're a Republican, conservative, liberal, green, communist, it doesn't matter. Government debt's a bad thing. All right, now you have the numbers. Don't let your friends lie to you about debt. When they bring that up, Bush ran up a lot of debt. Go, yep, uh, you got it. Point stipulated, but Obama ran up almost twice as much. Does that bother you? No, no, it only bothered us when Bush did it. No, no, because for us, it did bother us when Bush did it. (sighs) Phonies. All right, on spending in percentage terms, okay? Because now all of a sudden, you know what? I'm thinking, 
Let's play that second cl- uh, clip first to Tim Ryan, because he, this is, by the way, this is Tim Ryan. He is a Democratic congressman. He ran against Nancy Pelosi. He frames himself as a moderate. He's not a moderate. He was on Cavuto yesterday. Again, I'll post the whole interview at the show notes. And by the way, uh, the percentage, these percentage of spending mm-hmm. and the, the growth in the debt under each president I have a Mises.org article up at the show notes. I will email to you, which describes Mises. They are these guys are are Austrians. They do a great job. Austrian school economists. They do a really terrific job. They know what they're talking about. Mises.org has great research, and they describe to you how bad the debt situation has been under Democrats and Republicans. Read the piece. It'll open your eyes to a lot of these people who want. Oh, Bush did it good. Obama did it bad. No debt bad. I don't care who did it. Um, but he, this is Tim Ryan arguing with Neil Cavuto, and he makes a couple of really stupid points. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I wanted to bunk. Play that cut. Neil, let me ask you a question. George W. Bush cut taxes primarily for the wealthy twice. They were okay? all, all I was across here. the board. I was across here. And tell me, tell me what happened to the economy in that decade. Well, I would it tell, was you, the no, no, I would tell no, you what no, happened. In 2000, was, the market was suddenly going in reverse. And then I think we had this little thing called 9-11, but you can refresh me. Go ahead. It's the most stagnant growth decade we've had since the Great Depression. It ended in a complete economic collapse in 2008. What about the last decade? What about the last decade? You you have revisionist history. All I'm telling you is Bill Clinton came in. Bill Clinton came. Okay, well, how about these? We've done better than the numbers we did in the last decade. You're quite right. Why are you yelling at me? I'm not yelling. I'm just trying to say. All right, folks. Again, Tim Ryan. That was a Democrat uh, (laughs) accusing Cavuto of yelling at him when he's really yelling himself. But Ryan, again, is just making stuff up. He brings up three critical points before I get into the spending thing, because there's so much I want to cover today. He says these were tax cuts for the wealthy under the Bush 2003 tax cuts. Folks, that is not accurate. Okay, there were tax cuts for the wealthy, but they were not exclusively tax cuts for the wealthy. He's just making that up. The Bush tax cuts cut the top rate from 39 to 35, the second lowest rate from 36 to 33, the rate below that from 31 to 28, and the rate below that from 28 to 25, which included people making $40,000 a year. Tim Ryan is lying. He's not telling you the truth. And this is the problem I have with these interviews. And I get it. You know, they're going back and forth on TV that I, I get the benefit of going right to the numbers on the computer. But Tim Ryan is just making it up. He's just not telling you the truth. How is $40,000 a year wealthy? They got a tax cut, too. Not to mention Bush doubled the child, um, uh, the child tax credit. I mean, how again, how does that that's a that's a, that, that is a benefit due to the AMT that does not affect the wealthy almost at all. That is a middle class tax cut. I don't I, I don't like how it's structured, but Ryan is just making it up. He brings up another point that's totally nonsensical because these guys cannot tell you the truth. He talks about the slowest decade of growth. But what he's not telling you is the housing crisis occurred during the Bush administration after the Bush administration warned about the coming housing crisis. And who defended the status quo with Fannie and Freddie? Barney, Frank, and the Democrats. Do you understand, Joe? We've played this before. I can't do it again, folks, because I'm limited on time with you, and I want to take advantage of it. We have done, Remember the show we did, Joe, where we played Treasury officials, yeah. Bush administration officials, yeah. warning before the housing crisis that there was a housing bubble and something had to be done, and Barney Frank, a Democrat, screaming at them that they were idiots and trying to keep people from buying homes. Mm-hmm. How is that Bush's fault? I'm not. Listen, folks, Bush spent a lot of money. I'm going to get into that in a second. I didn't forget where I am. I did cover debt. Now I'm going to cover government spending. Bush spent a lot of money. But 
This is ridiculous. Blaming the housing crisis on Bush literally after his administration said, we're looking at a housing crisis if something isn't done. Folks, Fannie and Freddie were the backstop. These quasi-government agencies, these government-sponsored enterprises were buying up junk mortgages people couldn't pay. You ultimately paid them off as the taxpayer. The, the Bush administration warned for years about this. And the slowest decade of growth, Barack Obama, Bush had some great years. Folks, here's some numbers for you. Because we do facts. After the tax cuts in 2003, you know 8 million jobs were created? You know median household income went up $20,000 after the Bush tax cuts? Do you know government revenue jumped $785 billion? You don't. You disagree with any of this? There's an article in the show notes today. Read it yourself from the Washington Times. It's from a few years ago. It's still relevant today. They are just making it up. Federal government revenue jumped from $1.7 trillion to $2.5 trillion after the government, uh, after the Bush tax cuts. I'll put a tax, uh, tax foundation link up. You can read it yourself. It's right there, clear as day. The liberals won't tell you this because they lie. We're telling you the truth about our own shortfalls and about liberal shortfalls. Liberals don't. They blame everything on Republicans and never take any blame themselves. They're pathetic. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Okay, now let's get to spending. Man, 25 minutes in. This is one of my favorite shows. I'm sorry. I hope you like this stuff. On spending in percentage terms, because that's fair due to inflation, who increased spending the most during their term in office by president? Well, the all-time record holder goes to a Democrat, Lyndon Baines Johnson, who increased it by 40%. And the time he got into office and the time he left office. So, but, you know, again, don't let that get in the way of your argument, liberals. But again, I'm not here to tell you Republicans didn't, you know, didn't contribute to this either. Mm-hmm. Reagan increased spending 25% during his presidency. We can debate, again, if he wanted to or not. I don't think he did. I believe he was a genuine conservative. But those are the numbers, folks. And they're, you know, they can hurt sometimes. Clinton, 5.5%. Wait, wait, wait. I thought there was a Clinton surplus. Okay. You know, this is obviously one of my huge pet peeves, okay? Yeah. Uh, Let's just, I took a picture here. Let's do Clinton spending every year to debunk for the seriously, like, 10,562nd time the imbeciles who believe in the Clinton surplus. Here's the national debt every single year and the accompanying deficit of the Clinton presidency. Uh, 1994, national debt, $4.6 trillion. His deficit, two, uh, $281 billion. 1995, national debt, $4.9 trillion. Notice it went up, Joe? Hmm? It went up, 4.6, mm-hmm. 4.9. His deficit again, $281 billion. 1996, the national debt, $5.2 trillion. You following me how these numbers are going up? 4.9, 5.2. Yeah. National debt under Clinton, $250 billion. 1997, national debt, $5.4 trillion. Mm. Greater than 5.2, last time I checked. His deficit, $188 billion. 1998, $5.5 trillion. Up again, mm. the deficit, $113 billion. 1999, $5.6 trillion. Deficit, $130 billion under Clinton. Joe, is a surplus? Have, we, have I mentioned the word surplus yet? Not yet. Because there is no surplus. Fiscal year 2000, $5.6 trillion. Stayed relatively stable. Still ran a deficit of $17 billion. 2001, $5.8 trillion, a deficit of $133 billion. Bill Clinton never balanced the budget. Not one year of his presidency. Now, I'm sure many of you will dispute this. Say, Dan, I need the source. I'm going to put up a blog from a guy named Craig Steiner. 
This thing went viral years ago. It's old, but it links to government websites you can validate yourself. It's called The Myth of the Clinton Surplus. It will be in the show notes, and it's also at Debunk This on Bongino.com. Folks, there was never, ever, ever a Clinton surplus. I just gave you the yearly breakdown. I gave you the Clinton increase in spending from when he came into office and when he left, 5.5%. And I gave you the Clinton accumulated debt during his time in office of $1.3 trillion. There was never, ever a surplus. Why am I bringing this up? Because in that Fox News thing, I didn't have time to play the whole thing, but it's really good. I encourage you to watch it. It's in the show notes. Ryan wants the Tim Ryan, the, the Democrats, like, we need to go back to the Clinton years. Okay. Okay, great. So I took a note here. Oh, well, by the way, just in percentage terms, so I don't lose you. George W. Bush, 33% increase in spending. That's a lot, folks. Mm-hmm. It's cl- almost close to Lyndon Johnson at 40%. He's only seven percentage points behind. Barack Obama, 15.8%. That may surprise you, folks. You may be like, wow, Obama's not the... In percentage terms, no, because of the inflexive in- uh, effects of inflation. Believe me, Obama ran up the most debt in nominal terms by far, $8 trillion. And he certainly deserves no award for, you know, fiscal prudence. He's a huge lib who spent a ton of money. But again, we have to be realistic about the numbers to be able to debate with our liberal friends. So you're saying debt is bad. Okay, great. Debt is bad. So why are you acknowledging that? Why didn't you say anything during the Obama years? 15.8%. So I, I took a note here and I wrote, the bottom line is this. Yes. You think the Clinton years are great? Okay, then can we go back to the last Clinton year of spending? You know what the spending level was the last year, Joe? Hmm. It's about $2.4 trillion. We're spending $4 trillion now. Mm. So when your liberal friends say, the Clinton years, man, the Clinton years were great. Economics is fantastic. You know, the economy is blowing financial creative, the internet, IT, uh, blah, blah, blah. When they say all that nonsense, like crap, just say, okay, because they don't really mean it. I mean, what they're, what they're saying isn't the economy. We did do pretty well. Say to them, okay, I agree. So you're saying we should go back to $2.4 trillion in government spending from the $4 trillion we are now. And they'll say, well, that's not fair. You're not talking about economic growth. Okay, well, let's factor in economic growth. During the Clinton years, government spending as a percentage of GDP, which is all that matters, was 20%. It's 24% now and jumped up to 24, close to 25% under Barack Obama. Either way, you lose. So either way, you're saying if you're talking about the Clinton years, you're suggesting we should cut government spending. Oh, no, I'm not saying that. Of course you're not saying that. You're a liberal. I was going to talk about the inflation tax, but I'll have to get to that next week. Um, The Mises piece addresses it a little bit. They address it in, I think, overly complicated terms. So here's what we covered so far, just to be clear. right? We covered the effects on you of these taxes, the winners and the losers, the thumbs Mm -hmm. up and the thumbs down. We covered the debt, who ran up the most debt, the nominal amount of debt under each president, and we covered the amount of government spending under each president, in at least in modern terms, as a, and as, as, a, as a percentage. And we're doing this, just so you understand why I keep mentioning this, because liberals are, cannot make a consistent argument. Argument number one, uh, debt is bad. Well, you didn't say that under Obama. You only seem to care about debt when there's a Republican president. And secondly, well, we need to go back to the Clinton years. They don't want to go back to the Clinton years because they're talking about spending more money, which is what they always talk about. Okay, um, today's show brought to you by our friends at My Patriot Supply. Uh, thanks to everyone giving me feedback on it. Hey, folks, I just want to mention something quickly. Early on, a few months back, 
I mentioned about the plastic case that comes in. That was an order I made. So that's on me. That's not on the company. It was an order I made for a different product. And it came to me in a plastic case because I had ordered a different product. So my apologies for that. The product does come to you in a, in a box, but it's a cardboard box. It's not, I shouldn't, I don't think it affects anything. But a couple of people had emailed me. They were looking for a plastic case. That's a different product. So that, that was kind of on me. My apologies for that one. But either way, I'm a big supporter of this company. I love them. They do great things. They've been asking me all, you know, about the hurricanes and how to get involved. So they're really a good company. I'm proud to be associated with them. But you have to you have to prepare your family. Okay, I mean I think this is obvious. Keep your uh, you know keep your food stock, keep your water stock, have a supply of gasoline, have a generator, especially if you live in hurricane zones. You got to get your food. Uh, you got to get your food supply. Better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. They will sell you a one month supply of emergency food for ninety nine dollars. That's $99 at preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. I ordered mine a couple weeks ago. I just got it in the mail. And I ordered their veggie, fruit and veggie kit, which was great too. Uh, Go check it out. Go to preparewithdan.com. Prepare yourself. Have that food supply. Look at what's happening right now in these places that were hit by hurricanes. Food's getting scarce. You never want to be in that situation. Go to preparewithdan.com for $99. You'll get your one month supply of emergency food. Okay. We covered debt, we covered spending. Now let's move on to the tax issue too, because liberals have a really difficult time telling you the truth on taxes. It is, I mean, it's really the, the disingenuous lying and manipulation that comes out of their mouths is deeply disturbing. Everything is rigging the system, tax cuts for the wealthy, housing crisis, which, yep. you know, that was their stuff, not ours. Okay. John F. Kennedy signed the tax cut. He, he cut the, uh, well, excuse me, Lyndon Johnson actually signed it. Kennedy was obviously tragically assassinated, but it was Kennedy's idea. They, so they're called the Kennedy tax cuts, even though Johnson signed them. It cut the top ratio from 91 to 70%, cut the corporate rate to 52 to 48%. Now, it's convenient when liberals talk about tax cuts, they never mention Kennedy. Kennedy was a big tax cutter at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, what happened after that? Because liberals will tell you, oh, my gosh, look at what happened. Government that fell apart. You know, they, they don't usually say it about Kennedy, but they could just as well because that's their argument. Government revenue mm-hmm. collapsed. Well, unemployment fell from 5 to 3.8%, 1964 to 1968. Government revenue went up. Listen, let me dial that back. Rewind the tape, liberals. Kennedy cuts taxes. Johnson signs it. Cuts the tax rate from 91 to 70%. A big cut, by the way. That's an enormous cut. Revenue to the government went up from $112 billion to $130 billion, 1964 to 1966. Doubt anything I'm telling you? I will put the link to the, uh, the Tax Foundation or Tax Policy Center, whatever it is. I will put the link. It is clear as day. You can't miss it. It'll have the chart right there. You can look this up all yourself. You can show your liberal friends who will continue to tell you disingenuously and lie to you that tax cuts, quote, cost the government money. It's your money, knuckleheads. You can't co- what do you mean cost? The, the government doesn't rob me. I didn't cost them anything, okay? Reagan tax cuts. Reagan cuts the tax rate from 70 to 28%, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, capital gains tax, he winds up uh, is signing a hike in the capital gains tax to 28% to even it so people wouldn't hide their money. So he cuts the tax uh, income tax rate from 70 to 28%, raises the capital gains tax from 20 to 28%. What happened? This was a net tax cut for most Americans. Unemployment fell from 11% to 5%, 1982 to 88. We hit growth targets of 6, 5, and 4% growth in 84, uh, 1985, and 1986. 6%. The figure Trump threw out yesterday, by the way, that forced liberals to show their asses again. We're not going to hit 6%. That ain't possible. The American economy is terrible. This is what, I mean, this is, this is liberals. You guys show your asses every single time. 
Um, also, uh, government tax revenue uh, jumped from five hundred billion to nine hundred nine billion by the time Reagan left office. Again, don't let the facts. Again, don't believe it. Go to the link. Look at yourself. Look at it yourself. Show the liberals your liberal friends because they will still continue to insist that. Here's what they'll do. Here's the trick, Joe. Mm. They'll say with the tax cuts. But Reagan ran up a lot of debt and deficits. He did. You are correct. I just gave you the number. $1.8 trillion in debt run up by Ronald Reagan and spending climbed 25%. Mm-hmm. That was not due to tax revenue. Tax revenue went up. I don't know how clear I have to make this to you. And it says to me, you either don't want to know or you know when you're a liar. What I'm saying is true. You can look this up. You can try the interweb. It works. The Reagan tax cuts did not lead to a decrease in government tax revenue. You're just making it up. It almost doubled. We just spent a whole lot of money. Which says, Joe, if you're a reasonable person, which most liberals aren't, that this is a spending problem. Ah, This is ah. not a taxation problem. Okay? Finally, the Bush tax cuts. I went over the rates he cut before, so I'm not going to repeat them again. Doubled the child's child tax credit, but it's an important number to keep in your head. And please, again, look this up yourself. I know liberals won't because it'll destroy their whole worldview. The Bush tax cuts did not cost the government money. The following four years, from 2003 to 2007, federal revenue jumped, Joe, by a record $785 billion. The New York Times was quoted as saying, and this is in the piece in the show notes, it is a surprise windfall. That's a quote from the New York Times. And uh, the federal revenue went from 1.7 to 2.5 trillion dollars. Again, liberals, don't let this get in the way of your hard and fast approach to lying to the American people about tax cuts. You want to say Bush ran up a lot of debt and spent a lot of money? Touche. You are absolutely correct. You want to lie to people and tell them it was due to the tax cuts? You are a liar. Nothing more. That's all you are. Or you're just really. I'm sorry. You're just really dumb. I, I'm. I, I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk. You're just that dumb. Mm-hmm. That you just don't do any homework and you just say things that make no sense. I, I, my apologies. Okay. I, that That's a lot of numbers. I know that was a lot and I'm, I'm sorry that, to throw that all out in one show. But I've been itching to do this show for a long time because it gives you the intellectual material you need to go forward. All right. I got a couple other stories I want to uh, knock out here before we get to that. Hey, have you signed up for CRTV yet? You know, we just added Gavin McGinnis. By the way, we got a lot of surprises coming. I'm not allowed to say what, but I'm super excited about it. Outside of obviously my show, which you already know about, which is coming. We're just building a studio, folks. I'm sorry for the delays. It's uh, it's complicated. It's, you know, running a, a business here like we do, it's not as easy as it sounds. We want to make sure everything's right. But we added Gavin McGinnis to show. We got a lot of surprises coming. Go to CRTV.com. Use promo code Bongino for $10 off. Listen, it's like the cost of a turkey sandwich. I can't say that enough. Probably more. I think a turkey sandwich in New York, I just got back, is like 12 bucks. Yeah. So with the promo code, it's less than that per month. Go to CRTV.com, put in promo code Bongino. You get Michelle Malkin's show, Mark Levin's show, Gavin McGinnis's show, Steve Dace's show, Steve Crowder's show. It's quite a lineup over there. It's a peanuts compared to what you're paying for cable. Go to CRTV.com and sign up today. Use promo code Bongino. All right. Uh, where are the two stories I wanted to? Oh, this one. This is important. It's in the show notes today as well as an article in Forbes about this. Liberals are losing their minds right now over a Supreme Court case that's pending that is about to hit. 
the Supreme Court case is Janus versus the it's a, it's a representative of the unions AF AF AFSME or whatever it's called AFSCME. Uh, yeah, AFSME. They are there's a Supreme Court case that they agreed to hear yesterday. This case was deadlocked four four, and it is about what's called agency fees. I know I'm not trying to bore you to death. This is a very very, very important case because it exposes the liberal agenda I've been talking about on this show for a very long time. And the liberal agenda, Joe, is control. Yeah. Liberals are obsessed with control. They are not all, but the extreme left are bedrocked in Marxist ideology. Marxist ideology is bedrocked in the idea that communists should control the economy, should control the healthcare system because people are too stupid themselves. People ask me all the time, what do you mean by control? It's that mm-hmm. simple. Yeah. Communist ideology, which is infiltrated liberalism, is bedrocked in the idea that you are simply too dumb to monitor and maintain your own life, your own wallet, and your own healthcare. You know, Thomas Sowell wrote a whole book on it called Vision of the Anointed. How the how communists believe like smart people and planners. That's why you hear that term in the liberal lexicon all the time, planning and planners. They should plan your life and you should basically shut the hell up. Now, to get control, what do you have to do? You have to institute confiscatory tax rates. You have to take over health care through single pay. You have to run public schools where you have all the control and the parents don't. This is important. But one of the things you have to do in order to advance this agenda is you have to fund it. Now, how do you fund it? If you can't control where the money goes, well, what you can do is you can take money from people who support your cause and organize labor. I'm not knocking union workers, by the way. I'm, I'm knocking the bosses who take your money and do this. Organized labor, labor unions have for years, Joe, taken people's money who don't want to be involved with the union at all and used it to fund Democrats to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. To advance things that people who are working for the union may not agree with. Minimum wage hikes, you know, heavy regulations, all kinds of things, right? right? So I saw a tweet this morning, hat tip to Derek Hunter over at WBAL. But he retweeted this guy from Think Progress, a guy named Ian Milheiser. His tweet exposes the whole left in one tweet. I don't even think he knows it. Here's his tweet. This is a quote. Just so we're clear what's going on here. The GOP is using its stolen Supreme Court seat to devastate a major source of democratic political power. What do you mean by that? Hmm. Well, here's what the lawsuit's about. The lawsuit's about these agency fees where unions get to take your money, whether you're in the union or not. Folks, I'm not kidding. They take your money. Some of you may be a victim of this. And they take it under the guise of an agency fee. Now they say, oh, well, we're not using it for politics, but folks, money's fungible. We all know that. If they use it for something else, which frees up more money to spend on politics, it goes to show you the stupidity of saying we're not using it on politics. So this guy Janice in Illinois in the Janice versus AFSCME case is suing, saying, listen, I don't want to give money to the union. I'm not interested. By law in Illinois, he has to. He has to give that money over. Now, Folks, this is to me, and they're going to lose, by the way. They deadlocked 4-4 in the last time because Scalia obviously died tragically. But I I can't imagine Gorsuch is going to vote for this. He's a free speech defender. How you can be compelled to give money to an organization you don't want to give money to is is a cut and dried, to me, free speech case. it's it's no more complicated than Wayne. I don't I don't that they don't represent. I don't want to be forced to finance it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident they're going to lose this case to the Supreme Court. But this guy Milheiser exposes the entire Democrat agenda. He says this is going to devastate a major source of Democrat political power. What is the power? 
control of your money and forcing you to give it over to unions who in turn are going to turn it over to Democrat candidates. You know, it's it's kind of shocking to me that he, a guy who, I'm sure this guy is pretty bright. He may not, you know, ideologically, he may be wrong. And I, of course, I think he is. He writes to think progress. They're wrong about just about everything. But it's shocking to me that he wasn't bright enough, Joe, to figure out that he just exposed the whole enchilada here. A major source of Democrat power uh-huh. is what? You forcing me to give my money to a union I don't want to give who then gives it to the Democrat Party? You think he would have been a little more nuanced? Folks, <laughs> the reason I bring it up again is because the Democrats' love affair with force permeates everything. Forcing your kid to go to a school you don't want to go to. Forcing you to pay union dues you don't want to pay. Forcing you to go through a government-run health care system you don't want to finance. Forcing you to pay more money in taxes you don't want to pay. This is what liberalism is. And it's all beautifully summed up in one piece. I got that article in the show notes. And also, for your reading pleasure, um, I uh, I tweeted out, if you're on my Twitter, uh, an article about Bitcoin today. I know a lot of you are interested in Bitcoin, but the problems with some of the exchanges over there. It's a pretty fascinating article. How if you're on an exchange, like a clearinghouse, Joe, uh-huh. for Bitcoin, be very careful, man. There's been a lot of, a lot of these places went out of business, took people's money and ran. So be careful about that. I'm a big Bitcoin and blockchain supporter, but I tweeted it out. It's on Twitter, but uh, go check that article out, too. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure you listen to Mark tonight. I'll be in for him from uh, 6 to 9 Eastern. You can check it out at marklevinshow.com. And thanks for joining my email list at bongino.com. means a lot to me. And thanks, everyone, who picked up my book. Appreciate it. I'll see you all on Monday. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at dbongino.